Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and of course, all of you. We have a lot going on here on today's show coming up at the bottom of the hour. We are going to talk to a documentary filmmaker who is here in town to actually interview me for this documentary. And I think it has a fascinating hook. That's why I agreed to do it. And that's why we're going to talk to him about it as well, because I think it's, it's scheduled to come out here in January. And I think it is something you might find very fascinating. So we'll talk to him about that coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, of course, we will play our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold. And then we'll have bonus buy, sell, or hold in the overtime. And remember, that's not the leftovers because that would imply that Aaron put these in some kind of order of interest and he didn't. They're just randomly assorted. So sometimes the very best buy, sell, or hold props end up in the OT at blazetv.com slash day. So that'll be next hour, as well as the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Winter is coming. The world's richest man, Elon Musk, was on Twitter this morning, which he now owns, warning that government policies, like what the Fed is doing right now, are going to make the coming recession, that many of us think we're already in, even worse And then literally right before we went on the air today, I saw this. Housing market is crashing right now as we speak. Just crashing. Like 2008 kind of stuff. Another reminder. Now, now, here's the thing, though. If you've got good credit and you've got capital, it's a great opportunity. I mean, this market could be a great opportunity for you. Um, That's why, though, Make sure you do not go in to this uncertain and these unprecedented times Bing. without a real estate agent that you can trust from our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there today. Uh, these are all agents whose record of full-time success has been validated and verified. Otherwise, they wouldn't get listed. That's why we've got a waiting list of agents around the country who want to be listed in our database because we don't just take anybody. We make sure we trust them before we suggest that you do the same. All right, so the process is simple. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Provide us some basic info, then our team will contact you to make an introduction to one of our recommended agents. And chances are it'll be a fellow Blaze viewer or listener just like you. So head to this website right now, realestateagentsitrust.com. And with that, let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by declaring war on God. The Senate yesterday smacked down Senator Mike Lee's amendment to the Disrespect for Marriage Act and passed the bill onto the House where it will surely pass. If you believe and espouse publicly that marriage is between one man and one woman, if your church rightly will not perform same-sex weddings, if you own a business and you won't cater to couples who are engaging in this wicked practice, You're now an enemy of the United States government. First Amendment be damned. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis spoke out about Apple potentially banning Twitter from its app store. Because Elon Musk is actually opening it up 
for free speech and is restoring a lot of accounts that were uh, unfairly and illegitimately suspended for putting out accurate information about COVID. That's like one of the main things that's being reinstated. So many things these experts were wrong at and you had people on Twitter that were calling that out and Twitter, the old regime in Twitter, their response was to try to just suffocate the dissent. And, and, and Elon Musk knows that's not a winning formula and so he's uh, providing free speech. And so if Apple responds to that, uh, by nuking them from, from the App Store, you know, I think that that would be a huge, huge mistake, and it would be a really raw exercise of monopolistic power that I think would merit a response uh, from, from the United States Congress. And so uh, don't be a vassal of the CCP on one hand and then use your corporate power in the United States on the other to suffocate Americans and try to suppress their right to express themselves. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has some tougher words for China than the U.S. has had. Now let's be clear, the so-called golden era is over, along with the naive idea that trade would automatically lead to social and political reform, a challenge that grows more acute as it moves towards even greater authoritarianism. Instead of listening to their people's protests, the Chinese government has chosen to crack down further, including by assaulting a BBC journalist. Five cars rented by the Secret Service to transport Joe Biden during the Thanksgiving holiday weekend burst into flames a couple of nights ago after being returned to the Nantucket airport. No reason or cause was given. Disney CEO Redux Bob Iger has admitted Disney has become too overtly political. Many cast members had wished that Disney stayed out of politics. Will Disney stay out of making political statements? You know, I think uh, there's a miss perception here about what politics is. And I think that some of the subjects that have proven to be controversial as it relates to Disney have been branded political, and I don't necessarily believe they are. I don't think when you are telling stories and attempting to be a good citizen of the world that that's political, just not how I view it. Do I like the company being embroiled in controversy? Of course not. It can be distracting and it can have a negative impact on the company. And to the extent that I can work to kind of quiet things down, I'm going to do that. But I think it's, it's important to put in perspective what some of these subjects are and not just simply brand them political. Iger made those comments at his first town hall back as CEO. Basically, this means Disney's going to go back to slow rolling the spirit of the age mission creep. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee, Senate to vote on respect for giant gold statue of Nebuchadnezzar Act. Yep, and that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Bonner Private Wines, and you could probably use a truck of these right now. Um, these are for large feasts, holidays, um, death of the West, death of the West. I was trying to figure out how to frame it. You did it better than me. Thank you, uh, Todd, but, I was uh, feeling you, bro. indeed, uh, from families that have been doing this the old fashioned way now for going on several generations deep in the Andes mountains, Malbec grapes that are from about 9,000 feet of altitude, some of the best red wines in the world. And now you can get them imported right to your front door at bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. They're even 
throwing in a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive cellar. So you get four bottles for the price of three, four bottles for the price of three. When you go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve, you'll get a huge discount if you buy it there. And, and this is big when we're talking about imported foreign wines, free shipping as well. Free shipping as well. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Let's get to the montage. Uh, There's two things here that I want to comment on. One is Bob Iger's comments over at Disney. And I think Aaron nailed um, what this means. Um, They're going to try to do the exact same thing, just not as overtly. That's what it means. What he is saying to you and admitting to you is what I have been trying to tell you on this show for a decade now. Whether this was on the ragtag USA radio network, which was whether this was on the one of the largest radio networks in the country at Salem Radio Network, whether this was on CRTV or now Blaze TV. Different iterations, time slots, formats, variations of this program over the last decade or so. But I have been trying to tell you the same thing on each of them. This is a religion. It is a cult. It is a religion. If the Jehovah's Witness came at your door and kept knocking every Saturday when it's nice and sunny out, like they always seem to do, if you were trying to confront them or dismiss them, would you look at them and say, I don't really talk politics on a Saturday? They would know what you're talking about. To them, they're talking truth. They're on a crusade, or might be better to use the term jihad. This is, a, this is an epistemological clash, not a political one. This is truth. Mine. I'm non-binary. I'm a groomer. That's my truth. That's not political. It's transcendent. I will ascend. I am the most high. Did God really say? None of this is political. Let us not make the same mistake the church has made, but in reverse. The church has chosen not to recognize what time it is because it doesn't want to get political. Or so it claims. And therefore just as ignored that in every generation, every single one from Babel on, the spirit of the age has manifested itself as a political force every time for 7,000 years of recorded human history. It always does. Every government claims that it is God. It has the right to rule you from God. The government that broke that chain was this one which said there is no God but God and that's where our rights come from and government isn't it. But until that 5,000 year leap in 1776, epochs of humanity, all worshipped the state or some vestige of the state as God. It always has manifested itself politically. 
So the church has just chosen to not acknowledge this because that would, that would compel it to get its hands dirty and into a confrontation. Well, let not those of us who do know what time it is make the same mistake in the opposite direction. There isn't a political solution to these things, which I'll get to that, which was confirmed again in the Senate last night in a moment. That is the conundrum. If we are frustrated that the church will not recognize the true nature of the evil because the cost of doing so would be too high. To be seen as political, whether you are or not, wouldn't you love, as a Catholic, wouldn't you love to hear Pope Francis say, as an evangelical, pick your go-to pastor for your podcast, listening, personal devotional study time. Wouldn't you love them to have the attitude that Bob Iger has? Wouldn't you love your local pastor to say, from a pulpit, we're not, we talk about gender dysphoria here from the pulpit. We're not getting political. These are transcendent matters of right and wrong. Wouldn't you love to hear Pope Francis say stuff like that? Or your pastor, anybody. I'm or starving anybody. for it. Your, any, your own local pastor, anybody with any form of ecclesiastical authority in America or the West, would you not love to hear them say, I don't care really what political toes get offended by stepping into this arena because these things aren't political. They're just simple questions of truth, of right or wrong. That's part of their job, but they won't, or they're working for the other team. On the other hand, we, uh, those of us who understand what time it is need to finally, once and for all, come to grips with the fact there is no political solution to any of this. You will not vote your way out of this. And that's if your vote will even count. This is the paradox we find ourselves in that the institution that is uniquely charged to confront this spirit of the age won't because it would be seen as political and that has left a lot of us who think we know what time it is and understand the signs of the times and what to do about them therefore run to the political arena to deal with a level of enemy that far exceeds that grasp. You see what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. We're cornered is what I'm trying to say. We're cornered. We do not have access to the institution that has the tools and the platform to confront this evil. So we are running to institutions that don't, and by doing so are actually empowering in some respects the very evil we're up against. And that's what played out in the United States Senate last night. Mike Lee, to his credit. Thank you, Senator. Mike Lee, to his credit, stood up and said, okay, you guys 
You guys claim you don't want to punish believers. You claim you don't want to punish the truth. You're all verbalizing it. Here's your chance. Put it in writing. And they refused. So now you know. It's a painful thing to know. It's not a fun thing to know. I mean, it's not fun to find out that even if your vote gets to count, it still doesn't count. (laughs) It's not a fun thing to know. This is why even those of us who claim to be on the side of truth really don't seek a lot of clarity. Because we are afraid of what we'll find. You have it now. It is a painful clarity. I wish there was something I could do. I, 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 I've spent years of my life I cannot get back working in primaries across the country. I've, I, I, I've, <laughs> I don't know honestly what else I could have done. I've tried to do everything I could to help you and me and all of us have better people. It didn't work. And so where we're at now is about this time yesterday, a lot of our countrymen, including some friends of mine, frankly, were just on the edge of their seat rooting for a soccer team that would rather wear a rainbow flag than an American flag, the symbol of the coming tyranny that has already arrived. And we're rooting against the team, even though they're called Iran, but that's the team actually made up of guys that are standing up to the tyranny in their country. We're rooting for the team called U.S., even though they're the guys standing for the tyranny in your country. Does that make any sense to you? It makes sense to God, because that's a one heck of a troll on us. That's, but, and that's, is this a mischaracterization? Of, am I no. mis, th- th- this they, is what went on yesterday. The Iranian protesters were quoting our founding fathers. That right. literally happened. Right. So the Iranian players are the bad guy because they're wearing the same flag of a regime that they're in opposition to. The American players are the good guy because they're wearing a flag of a country, a republic, that they're in opposition to. And when I pointed that out, oh boy, my mentions, you'd have thought I stepped on your shibboleth of the damned because I did. Maybe... Not as many of us know what time it is as we claim. But you wave that flag. You hold tight to that misty-eyed patriotism. When you're in court, targeted by your government because of what you believe. I'm sure that Misty-eyed, nostalgic patriotism won't get you indefinitely detained 
like it has how many nonviolent January 6th protesters. I know this isn't the most uplifting Christmas message. Tell me, what else am I supposed to tell you? This is where we are. The United States government. I mean, there are people in this audience who thought I betrayed America because I didn't want to vote for Mitt Romney for president. I work with people who thought that. I had people try to get me taken off the air locally in Des Moines, taken off the air nationally at Salem because I refused to kiss that stale chocolate bunny in the town square to bow to it because I knew not because I'm smarter just because I was Willing to let the truth have its way. Not the truth I wanted it to be. Not the truth I preferred it to be, but the truth as it was. When you're a kid born to a 15-year-old mom, when you go to 11 different schools, K through 12, when you're not sure when you come home from school whether your stepdad's going to beat the living snot out of you or take you to Cedar Point, you learn through all of that uncertainty. You seek plumb lines. You seek You seek anchors. I have to know what is true. I just have to, even if it's bad. I grew up in a home of lies and dysfunction and myths. What is true, even if it's bad? That's why I pegged Mitt Romney. Not because I'm smarter than some of my colleagues. And now... They feign surprise and shock and awe that he's one of the ringleaders of the United States federal government poised here very shortly to openly declare war on the church and shake its fist at God. But you keep on singing, my country tis a thee. I'll be the one nudging Colin Kaepernick aside and say, actually, it's my turn to kneel now. I'm not standing for that crap. That's a scam. Do we believe in God-given rights? Or God? Believe in God, you'll get God-given rights. Believe in God-given rights. Without God, you'll get neither. Do we believe in American nostalgia and birthright exceptionalism, or do we believe in the creeds that the country was founded upon that granted us those things? Because we're going to get tested in this, and we're going to all maybe have to find out. They're not going to do this and then not sick the state on us. They're going to do this so they can. That's the plan. And so here we are, decades of 
better than Dukakis. Better than Hillary. Better than Bubba. Better than Obama. Those chickens are coming home. Ah, to roost. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Oh, Joni Ernst, our senator here. I said something off air a couple of days ago as we were mulling over something about this, and I'm just going to share my, my part in it. And I've said it on, on Twitter as well. But this is somebody who, when her marriage fell apart, she was shown tremendous grace by the Christian community, certainly in Iowa. She was reelected. And she knows, looking at the maps out there, where Iowa stands vis-a-vis other states, where it has drawn lines. And as a representative of the people, who was shown that grace I just mentioned, she turned around and did this to you. She's a traitor. And as somebody who served in the military, she knows exactly what that means. And she's doing it willfully and gladly. And so the question is for you here locally, what are you prepared to do about it? Because her political career should be over. She must pay. Now, Steve has already told you about the fact why the 12 are the 12. Some of them are already uh, retired and on their way out. This may be, I'm not sure, Steve's uh, may have a, because he his ability to read the tea leaves on this is uh, more in-depth than mine. But maybe this is her signal that she's going to retire. I don't know. But no, if, she's not up again in 26. But if that's not true, everybody says, you're, you're dead man walking. Your political career is done. You will not win here. We will be sure of that. If this Iowa is the Iowa that it's stepped up and, cl- and claimed that it is lately on other issues, that is the only message for Joni Ears. There's no parsing this. There's no triangulating this. She should be doomed as a political figure. Otherwise, to the extent that that's a political and not a spiritual uh, path to take, uh, you will have no other options. It will be only spiritual if you don't make that abundantly clear, clear like that in a place like Iowa. Because if not here, where? If not here, where? Can she shank you in the back like that and you just take it? Aaron, you have any thoughts? This this dynamic has never, never, ever, it's never been uh, sustainable. Whereas we talked about yesterday, Democrats go to Washington, D.C. to win an argument with history. Republicans go to D.C. to win an argument with their base. Not really even have an argument. Shut it down. Shut down arguments with the base. That's never been sustainable. So it bears repeating once more. 
in the Washington sphere at the federal level. Now, we're going to have an election, and I hope, I hope good people, righteous people, are elected in, in 2024, and if we even make it there. But once more, never going to get solutions to any of, the, any of these issues at a national level. And what's I, I frustrated me, I, I ha, I'm laissez-faire with the World Cup this year. But a lot of people that I follow who are like never tweet, I never see tw- tweeting about soccer at all, probably don't even care that much. Following along, as you said, on the edge of their seats yesterday. And the only reason for that, assuming they don't just like soccer, is, oh, USA, USA. No, guys, there's nothing transcendent going on here. And you can say, well, what are you going to do with the NFL as well? Well, at least we're fans of the actual game there. We have a reason other than just affinity for uh, a, a, a fake country. That's all this is. There's nothing more and more going on there. And when you have a U.S. men's national team confronted by an Iranian mouthpiece after the game, did you guys see this video? No, I didn't. Said, you're pronouncing our country wrong. Also, uh, how do you feel representing uh, a country that's oppressing black people? And the guy just capitulated and said, yeah, basically, you're right. There's discrimination everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. And people, our listeners, are coming after me for pointing that out. <laughs> More and more difficult economic news. I just mentioned what's happening to the housing market right now. We lost another 100,000 manufacturing jobs since the last report that came out today as well. So (laughs) find out before it's too late why prosperous people, smart people, have been using hard, rare assets like gold and silver as a hedge against government Uh, debasement schemes, inflationary schemes, going back many, many centuries. You can partner with our friends over at Bullion Max to do exactly that. They'll get you started with their silver starter kit at employee pricing. It comes with uh, five of the most desirable silver products to invest in on the market right now. And again, they're going to offer it to you at employee pricing. They can't make it any more inexpensive than that. If you want to take advantage of this deal, which is so good, they are trying to, they're going to try to limit you to one per household, please. Go to bullionmax.com slash Steve. Go there right now. Bullionmax.com slash Steve. Ask for the silver starter kit at employee pricing when you go to bullionmax.com slash Steve. We are joined in studio by a filmmaker. Uh, Rob Orlando is here with us. We want to welcome him here to Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Rob, it is a pleasure to have you with us, brother. How are you? Great. So you are working on, uh, and this has been a project that was originally a book, mm-hmm. and now you're turning into a film that you're going to try to release this, I think you said in January. January 6th. Is when you're, yeah. <laughs> now there's some symbolism there, of course. All right. And the, the point of this film, it, the comparison I think is genius. You are, you're taking a look at what makes Donald Trump tick as he gears up for, I guess we would call this version 3.0, right? His third different presidential run, uh, and which he's already announced. And the comparison that you're making here is one that has, uh, it comes with a lot of historical pop culture cachet. Tell us what it is, and then what made you go down this road of storytelling? 
Well, it, it was that, and intellectually, that was what was so interesting, the patterns of becoming a, a wealthy, a, a person with a wealthy background who becomes a popularist, uh, who, who's actually accused of being a white supremacist, uh, who uses the media effectively to, to win office at, at a certain point, although Trump does much better than Kane does in the movie. But it, it got personal when I heard that Citizen Kane was Donald Trump's favorite film. Mm-hmm. because Which, after you heard that, you're like, that makes so much sense. How did we all not have figured that out already, right? But and go ahead. and yeah. also being, um, I'm making this film in the heat of the, the polarized political environment. So mm-hmm. I'm also looking for a model or a filter so I could tell a story that I'm not picking a party or being on one side or the other, mm-hmm. although it'll come through where I stand on things. Mm-hmm. So I was also looking for a way to tell it creatively because I don't think people approach things enough through narrative and media and a, and a way to explore his life that would explain a lot more than what were his political positions in 18, 1985 or mm-hmm. 1987. So the the two hooks for me was the intellectual landscape of going back into the 40s to, in 1941 and Orson Welles, who's a hero of mine, mm-hmm. um, and setting up that context as a way to use it as a mirror to see is there any similarities with what's going on now with the media and Donald Trump. So... Trying to figure out what makes Donald Trump tick is a fascinating thought experiment because he is, and I've been on, I mean, I've been on every side of the equation with Trump. I've been personally wooed by Donald Trump. Okay. I have been uh, at war with Donald Trump all the way to the floor of the convention to the last possible delegate. All right. I've been, I'm never voting for that guy. I've been, if we do if that guy doesn't win, we're friggin' doomed, okay? I mean, I, I have held virtually every conceivable position on Trump you could have as a non-spirit-of-the-age communist, okay? And it's been a few years since him and I have had a meaningful conversation, but several years ago, we had several of them. So it, he is an interesting character in that he comes from a successful family, Right now, he, he did build his own empire, but on the basis of a $1 million interest-free ro- loan that his father gave him. I mean, a lot of us didn't grow up in a household with that kind of... Now, give him credit, he built it into a you know an empire, but that's a lot of seed money that a lot of people don't start life with, right? Um, he is very comfortable with average people. I saw this both during the period of time in Iowa when he was trying to woo me, and then going up against him it became very difficult on the cruise campaign when we were strategizing how do we pin on him you know these the new york manhattan values and lifestyle that up until now have kind of been his life and and we just could never figure out how to do that because he defies a lot of our conventional wisdoms he's a germaphobe he has a gold-plated toilet literally on his plane from what i remember and yet he's at the same time extremely comfortable with average americans that a lot of the people in manhattan that he spent his life around wouldn't want to breathe the same air as right Mm -hmm. so how do you come up with a movie (laughs) where we're figuring out what makes such a a character of conflicting conventions tick how do you do that well you're, you're kind of making my case I okay mean, he's an enigmatic figure mm-hmm. and i i'm very attracted to the enigmatic figures because they become puzzles they have self-contradictory mm-hmm. parts to them mm-hmm. uh and they're all over the board but i think here what was missed by everyone else even the 500 biographies i looked at um and all the media coverage in the past interviews what, what was missing is no one was understanding the through line of his media um, ambitions 
that go all the way back to he wanted to be be in Hollywood. He wanted to buy a studio in Hollywood. Eventually, he could not make it out in Hollywood. There was a deal that broke through. So he took a lot of that early ambition to be on the stage and be like a studio owner, a mm-hmm. movie mogul, and wound up uh, trans- transacting it in the real estate world of New York. So he was a hybrid of a... You want to say a frustrated st- a stage star or a studio owner who had to do what he would have done in Hollywood in a real estate environment. And if you look at his life story in New York, it plays through. But it's more than that. If you dig a little deeper into the complexities of his real estate deals, it's checkered. He's not like all successful. And then right. he, he bombed. Very high highs, very low lows. With a lot of problems. I mean, we tried to nail him with all his bankruptcies in that 2016 primary, and he turned it around, totally gaslit us and said, well, it's actually, I mean, I masterfully used the bankruptcy laws to get out of about a lot of bad deals. You know? He, he also, a lot of the pieces he got involved with, like uh, real estate, was also show pieces where he can get a lot of media attention, like saving the rink in mm-hmm. Manhattan. And mm-hmm. so, it, but it, it was checkered at best. But yes, a lot of, some are a peak and some are the nadirs of his life. But then he kind of bombed at the casino bed at the end. He got bailed out. That's when his family cut him off money-wise. And he really had nowhere else to turn. There's a mo- there's a part in the movie where he tells Marla Maples, you see that that vagabond on the, on the street of Manhattan? He's w- worth more than I am. because <laughs> At least from so, a cash flow perspective, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was so far back in day. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of dollars in debt. So when we realized that, what really was the launch was when he got the chance to do The, uh, the Apprentice. Hmm. Who have you talked to for this? Um, you who, mean you mean who have you interviewed for interview? your for, yeah for your doc- documentary Barr, so far? Okay, uh, Sebastian Gorka. Okay, uh, Rachel so a Trump Bovar. official, a, a Trump loyalist. Rachel Bovar for okay. Reds for the Conservative. Yeah, and she's written some interesting articles. Um, uh, Jeffrey Lord, who was. You know, I have, I, you know, I mean, I, I grew up admiring Jeffrey Lord. He was one of the political architects of Reagan's mm-hmm. reelection romp. And I used to have him come on the show a lot because I've just had a huge, and I still have a huge amount of respect for his accomplishments in regard. He was probably the first person I can remember with real conservative bona fides mm-hmm. and credentials sure. that, that signed on with Trump. And I mean, I, when I, and when we when that happened when I was on the cruise campaign that that really stung me mm-hmm. you know uh, but um, he also was prescient and saw something that a lot of us did not see from the outset as well yeah so, he also so, he, this, he, so yeah. this is the point of this lineup though you're not trying to game the system for an outcome here no no you're, I'm not Fra- frankly if uh, if, if Haberman would come on my in my program, the thing was the audience would probably be oh, Donald off. Trump's favorite reporter that he is obsessed about getting the approval of for many years, Maggie Haberman. Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, I'd love to do it. And as a matter of fact, she's already done an interview after her book and said he's uh, he's much like Charles Foster Kane. Now, Trump is a lot like Charles Foster Kane back in Mar-a-Lago and his home kind of by himself. And mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of parallels there. So, yeah, I'd like to tell the story in a film that kind of has the sophistication of what she's doing in, in her book. And, and she, given where she is position-wise, politically-wise, she was very fair to him until the end. I think she had to then lock in with the left and, mm-hmm. and go too far. But but my point was, if you look at the journey through the media, he finally gets on The Apprentice. And when he's on The Apprentice, he now gets to play executive, but it's in a media environment. So he gets to practice. And I think the genius of that was the directors and the producers now would, could interrupt him and say, like, at this point, you deliver this line. You they they taught him the art of being a communicator, how to assert yourself, timing, to, yeah. timing, all yeah. those things. You just like Reagan, eighty films mm-hmm. to become Reagan. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is where the real genius is coming through. And 
most people, I feel like the people I speak with both on camera and off camera, there's two worlds. There's the, the world that knows Donald Trump post, like his New York life, when he makes a choice to run, and prior to that. He's almost like a mystery to the people who only know him in his, from his political career forward. And I mean 2015, mm -hmm. because he ran multiple times. I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he ran, he ran, he didn't want to run against Pat Buchanan. He didn't want to run against uh, Cuomo as governor. So he, he was always thinking about running. He, he got close with Mitt Romney and appeared at some of, he fundraised with Mitt Romney for a while. Yeah, I, I I remember that. Yeah. yeah, I was on the Gingrich campaign. Yeah, we tried to get his endorsement, and he went with uh, Willard instead. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. and he visited New Gingrich to figure out what his strategy. So it's not like uh, he was just pulled in the last minute. But having said, uh, it's it's much more complex than the way the story's told. But when he came down that golden elevator, mm -hmm. that escalator, I said he's going to be the president of the United States because I just knew how much the media had been saturating the public, and there was no one else who could defeat the left and the control of the media, but this type of figure. So it's the, the media genius of his use of triangulation. You can get very technical. I don't want to get too technical. Using language to be triangulate, find enemies that are worse than your own your own sins. Mm -hmm. you know, fight scandals with scandals. Mm -hmm. Like punch back. Roy Cohn was his you know, one of his mentors. Mm -hmm. Hit back twice as hard as you. So. There's a whole conversation to be had about Donald Trump outside of the, the, the strict um, pa um, parallel worlds of politics. The main goal of this piece is to, of your documentary, from what I understand, because you and I are going to do an interview for it mm -hmm. later today after we do this show. My understanding is behind the scenes. Be, yeah, yes. <laughs> is what is the rosebud here? Right. Correct. OK. What do you think it is? So I can't, I can't give it away, but I okay. can say that... Just because you, you in, do theorize in your... In your I do. In, okay, I so do. Don't, don't give it away then. I, okay. I won't, but I will but say... Then tell us this. What, what, do, what is it that maybe people think it is that you're confident it is not? Can you tell us that? I think, I don't, I think the rosebud, even if we go back to Cain, use it as, the, as a way to define what the rosebud is. It's both symbolic, mm -hmm. but it's also symbols represent a lot of other th different things. The symbol is not in and of itself just the symbol. It's not just a sled. Mm -hmm. The sled meant a lot of things. Mm -hmm. What it so, symbolized. Yeah. Right. So I'm saying there is, I think, a like sled for Donald Trump that's in his past, but I'm not like uh, reducing his whole life to that mm -hmm. fact, but, but it becomes symbolic. I've, I think of all his foibles, struggles, and blind spots that keep showing up in his life, and I think that's the rosebud. But, it, but to me, the reason why I'm telling the stories, I think his rosebud is an American issue. He's, a, he's not the, the first cause of all this. I think he, we, he's a, a symptom of something, I, not the cause. I have said this for years, that yeah. I, don't, I don't think How about he's... making sense? Yeah. I, 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 well, these are things that we have mm -hmm. discussed on shows like this in okay. this industry for years, but okay. I, I, I don't believe he broke the system at all. Mm. Uh, I remember there was a moment on the Cruz campaign when I looked to Ted and I said, you know, we are at the point of now in the Western where people wanted the Gary Cooper sheriff. They had hoped that that would be the guy that would that they wanted to marry their daughters off to and and was the is, is was the right role model. They want they would prefer that guy would be the hero. He never shows up, though, at high noon for the showdown. And so now what they're looking for is Clint Eastwood pale rider mm -hmm. okay and they're they're looking for a spaghetti western now they're, they're not looking for high-minded entertainment now they're, they they and they, they understand that with that level of vigilante will come some collateral damage mm -hmm. but but at this point they're so desperate to get the banditos out of the town they will put up with some shot up storefronts if it and, and, and if it means that the that all the bad guys are dead when the smoke clears and whoever is going to be who, whoever wins this primary is who is seen by this audience as that guy and if we are going to be 
beat him, we have to be seen as that guy. We never got seen as that guy. That's why we finished second. Okay. He was always that guy. Mm -hmm. You agree with that analogy? He didn't make the Reagan pivot is how I, <clears throat> there's a pivot you could make where you get in, you get into the, the, the house by breaking all the windows and mm -hmm. throw everybody out and destroy the furniture. You're, you're in the house. Yeah. But then you have to change your behavior once you're in the house. Or yeah. You're just going to keep destroying yeah. everything. Yeah. So there's that turning point where you have to pivot in your own mind. I think he also had an assault against him that's unprecedented. I agree with that. For Never had a chance to take a deep breath. I agree with that. And he, so if he felt like trying to unify or go for more states on the other side of the aisle or he didn't he couldn't breathe because he was in on the defense to his credit but to your point by the way to go into film analysis a little bit you're talking about the anti-hero yeah or the tragic hero. yeah yeah it is classical storytelling yeah see so the anti-hero that's the problem with the anti-hero is because the farmers are not good enough with the gun the women and children need to be protected. You go yep. get some guy. You find him at a bar on the floor. Batman. Pick, Batman doesn't have the doesn't have a the Dark Knight doesn't have a jurisdiction that the White Knight Harvey Dent has. Yes. So so I love the Dark Knight. By the way, yeah, it's in my top top five probably. I, okay, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it, it's like a modern gospel. I think. If 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 that movie was about was with Al Pacino and he was just a gritty New York City cop and not a dude in a cape or a cowl, it would have won every Best Picture award of that year, hands down. I think that was so complex, even in the dark side of it, because it, there was a rationale for why once the system breaks down, mm -hmm. how how bad do you yeah. go on the vigilante side? Yeah, there's a logic to it, and Willie. That's he, the debate we had here on the right in the Trump era, which is. How much can we become like them to beat them before we actually end up becoming what we hate and make it worse? What, what's, what's the line where we have to say, all right, someone's got to be the adult here, or does everybody just go scorched earth all the time? These were all the conversations that were that were spawned, and you know, because of where we are as a society and the role that Trump played in those conversations. We're almost out of time. Can I quickly add? So when Alfred's speaking with Batman, and he, and Batman needs to try and understand what makes. The Joker tick. Some men just want We're to watch the, world the burn. watch the world burn. Yeah. So the question, I think that the verdict that's that's out for me still in the story, want to figure this out is, yeah. is it ultimately we want to watch? Because there is that, if that's all there is, my honey. Just give me the give show. Give me the booze. Yeah. And give me the show. Yeah, you drink and be merry for tomorrow It's we about die. being a fatalist. Yeah. So in the end, no matter what I break, I'm alive and I still, I'm making right. noise. Right. But that's not going to be helpful for where we go after this. That's the, that is the question. And I'm, yes. I'm after that space, yeah, not that, about left, when, right, you know, arguing all the time, although I do think he needs to be more harmonious with the right, for goodness sake. Where can people get more information on the film? Is there a trailer or anything they can see online right now? Sure. It's um, trumpsrosebud.com. Well, that's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trumpsrosebud.com. we got about a minute here. Todd, do you have any thoughts on this conversation we were just having? Well, I, I will give you credit for trying to solve the enigma that is Donald Trump yet again. Uh, because, uh, listen, it this man... As frustrating as he's been is not the thing that so many people need to believe that he is so they pretend the world is flat. If you round out the earth for people, even if they're on the left, that'll be helpful because we need some damn sanity. Mm -hmm. hmm. All right. Trumpsrosebud.com. That's the website, right? Mm -hmm. All right. I look forward to talking to you later today, Rob. Thank you for joining us. We'll come back. Bye, Seller Hold. It is your turn. You'll take control of the show when we return. Stay tuned.
All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Aaron McIntyre. He's Todd Erzin. You are you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. You can also follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then find me over on Truth Social, at Real Steve Dace, at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. And again, for those of you that want to go find out more information about uh, the film, the documentary coming out in January, that uh, I'll be uh, getting interviewed for here uh, later this afternoon uh trump's rosebud.com is where you want to go trump's rosebud.com and i love the uh the cast of characters here that have been assembled because you're gonna get various perspectives uh on a guy who is a very complicated but accomplished figure at the exact same time uh, this portion of the show brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Have you heard about fears of a diesel fuel shortage? That could mean food shortages as well. If we don't have enough fuel to deliver the food, we don't have enough food. So, is that bad? We're going to find out. We're going <laughs> to... We're going to probably find out. Uh, don't wait around to find out. Contract our, or contact our friends over at My Patriot Supply right now. Get their four-week emergency food kit. That's uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. The full complement of 2,000-plus calories you and everyone in your household needs each day. Uh, you'll have it right now, the four-week emergency food kit, so you know if it goes down, your family is covered, stays good and fresh for over 20 years with proper storage, and they'll throw in free shipping as well if you go to mypatriotsupply.com again mypatriotsupply.com those of you that are podcast listeners thank you so much we appreciate each and every one of you if you've yet to do this if you would mind leave us a five-star review and or hit subscribe and follow and thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation daniel horowitz will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour but let's get to maybe our most popular segment each week Buy, sell, or hold. This is where you and the audience decide what we will be considering, and no topic is off limits. Once per episode, we are permitted a hold. No, you're not. You can't hold at all. If you hold, you have violated the dude code, and you will be shamed. Fair? Fair. Fair. Let's do it. We will begin with... AV Matters, who says it is time to just bake the cake but fail miserably and put abomination on it with rainbow letters after requiring half the cash up front and tell them you're donating it to a Christian crisis pregnancy center. Hey, man. I'm in. Bye. I love it. I love that idea. You want to get nuts? Let's, Let's get, get nuts. I, I'm, I think it's time to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Let's do that. I, I love this idea. Yeah. Greg Roberts, with the failure of Mike Lee's amendments, they'll use the IRS to attack its first church for refusing to perform same-sex marriages in less than three months. Time to separate the wheat from the chaff. Bye. Bye. Yep. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's going to happen in places like this, places like Iowa, red yeah. states. Yep. Yeah. That's where it's going to begin. Yeah, they're going to they're going to look to make. An example. They're going to look to make a statement. That's how the spirit of the age acts. And just one more thing to remember that we didn't bring up. that The Senate waited until after the election. Yep. That's it. Thank you for pointing that out. This is the lame duck session. Right. They are. There's there's nothing noble happening here. Nothing. 
evergreen kind of, but go on. There is nothing noble happening here. I mean, Republicans did gun control and declare war on the church in the same year and in an election year. They're not cowards. They're not stupid. They're traitors. They betrayed you. They violated the integrity of this relationship. That's what they did. And so the question then becomes, what are we going to do about it? My guess is just keep on better than Hillary on. My guess is that's what some of you will. I won't. I'm out. Like I can even tell you when the Georgia runoff is. I, I don't care. I don't care. I wouldn't have known if there weren't like four commercials in the Iowa-Georgia Tech game last night. There's a reason why you haven't seen me talk about it, bring it up, tweet about it, share any... I, I don't even know when it is. I don't I don't care. I, I don't care. I mean, we're at a point now where if you, they don't count your vote. And then if they do, it largely doesn't count. So, you know, if individual situations, I get to vote for someone that I think is worth it, I will do it. Nothing more, nothing less. And that's all I, that, I, I just, I don't care. Next up, Truth Over Vax says the next great attack on Christianity will be the banning of Christmas lights due to their excessive power consumption. Hmm. I'm going to sell on it's that. It's not going to be next, but I'm it's gonna, coming. Uh, I like it. It's a great combination of two I, I just think titles. that the reason why I'm going to sell on it is because I think that they don't believe they have to even come up with some kind of an angle like this. They're just going to say, we don't like Christ. That's why we did it. We're just in your face now. I don't, we're, we're, I don't think, I think there's any strategies. I don't, I don't think there's any subtleties. I think we are absolutely just in red unitard and pitchfork mode because we can, because we want to rub your nose in it because we want to pee on you and tell you it's raining. As you like to say, Todd, the lie is the point. That's what there is no rationale or justification I think will be provided it'll be like that scene in and maybe the only film I've seen in the last 40 years since I was a kid that actually legitimately scared me the strangers that's the only film I've seen since I was a kid that I mean I was like legitimately afraid after the movie was over and when Liv Tyler's character asked them at the end why they're why are you doing this to us their answer because you were home that's where we are no other rationales no this no we're not looking michael myers and some deep-seated psychosis with donald nope 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 garlic and rituals no we're not doing that no uh gothic tales of of mad scientists from mary no 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 we're just the strangers now why are you doing this because you were home. Nothing more. Nothing less. No deep-seated meaning. Nothing other than the lie is the point. The pain is the point. The persecution is the point. Because you were home. That's why. And that's why we're in the end game now. We are in the end game now. I agree. Next up, we go to Doug McCone. Miracle on 34th Street is the best Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life is a better movie overall. I don't agree, but I think this is a smart take that I can see someone 
uh, agreeing with. And I love both these films. I mean, my first trip to Manhattan, other than the story I've told you before about the homeless guy that I gave him even more money for being honest with me, that he's going to take them and I was going to give him and get drunk with it. The, the, the reason I was out walking around that day is because I had all kinds of time to kill and, and MSNBC put me up in a hotel that the internet, the internet didn't work. The hotel Pennsylvania, the internet didn't work. So I wanted to go see Macy's on 34th street. And so that was like the first thing I ever did. I, I love the original, love the movie. Um, and so I went over to Macy's on 34th street and it was late enough. Uh, it was right around Halloween. So they had already begun putting some of the uh, Christmas stuff out around the 1st of November. So I got a taste of that. It was actually on my way back from that, that I ran into that homeless guy. So I love the movie. I love Christmas. Um, I think It's a Wonderful Life is the ultimate Christmas film. But if you want to say that it, it just it's a it's maybe not a movie about Christmas, it just takes place at it, where it where Miracle on 34th Street is a movie about Christmas itself. Okay. I I, I won't argue with you on that. They're both tremendous films. Nothing seems unreasonable. From eras that. where we are uh, from eras in a culture um that we are so far afield from, we wouldn't be capable of producing this kind of entertainment if we tried. I mean, in order to create the most evangelistically effective film that my company thought we could possibly create with the money that we could spend to do so, we had to cast a demon. Because that's where we're at now. We had to, we couldn't, we can't respond to that level of altruism in those two films. That's beyond our uh, comprehension. We can't absorb that now. Uh, we need, the, we need, we need Beelzebub to cast out Beelzebub for us. That's where we're at. And so that's why, you know, we started our company. It'll be 12 years in February that uh, we started our company to launch me from Des Moines to see if I could get a bigger platform and a bigger audience with what God has called me to do. And we meant to do it with the intentional spread of a biblical worldview, right? When you guys both got hired here, what did I tell you both? But you know, Mike's off. What did I tell you? Our number one, number two, number three, prime directive here is to do what? Make a biblical worldview great again, to make it relevant again, right? That's what that was mm -hmm. the spiel you guys were all given. And so now 12 years later, when we when we basically take all the money we have as a company. That's essentially what we're doing. We're risking it all. We're taking all the money we have as a company and we're even taking money we don't have because we had to finance some of this. Um, when we're taking all the money we have as a company and money we don't have to make a film to do one last great chance to reach this culture, we're doing it with a demon because that's how things have changed in the 12 years since we launched this company. Of course. I won't give anything away, but for my money and you know what? the great one of the greatest scenes if not the greatest scene in the movie at least indirectly addresses this point that that level of altruism was forfeited if you know the scene i'm talking mm -hmm. about i you know mm -hmm. i'm in love with it i was just my, blown away and i didn't know it was coming because i didn't read the script it is it, it addresses this point just saying they chose another path mm-hmm Ready to move on? You bet. Ben Richards says, The overturning of Roe v. Wade was a sick joke from Lord Nefarious. He knew our culture was so far gone that even a state like Kansas wouldn't be able to pass an abortion ban. He laughed so hard he peed his pants. So I'm, I'm going to sell. Well, I agree that that may have been part of the outcome here. Um, 
Don't curse this candle. I was going no. to say that. Don't curse this candle. Well, here's why I stopped myself. Jesus says the one unforgivable sin is the blaspheming yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. And I think we risk this at, when we risk this when we go from skepticism or even cynicism to nihilism. The reality is tens of thousands of babies have been saved because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. That cannot be denied. And hell has no interest in saving any of those babies. None of them. So my encouragement to you as, as someone that is struggling with skepticism and cynicism at this moment. <laughs> so I, I come not to bury Caesar, but to praise him. All right. Um, I, I'm saying this to myself, brother, as much as I'm saying it to you, we can't let it cross the line where, where we now are the ones casting um, swine onto pearls as opposed to worrying about casting pearls into swine where we are, we are, we are taking the good things of God and attributing them yeah. to the devil. Yes. And reducing them hmm. because some people just chose to be ingrates, which you're really saying and pointing out is there's a large vector of our culture that are beyond rebellious. They're ingrates. And so they, they took this, this measure of grace and used it to drive themselves further into the darkness. That's what has occurred. But I would in no way, shape, or form endorse in any way taking away the, the rightness and the righteousness that was, that was uplifted by the overturning of that shibboleth of the damned, especially in a period of time in America where we don't get a lot of those moments right now. Right? Right. Uh it's also, listen, it's important to know indirectly this was important because we know who those ingrates are. We had guesses. We, uh, am, I, am I shocked Joni Ernst just did what she did? But I, I was not like committed to her defeat before this. I am now, but this is taking away from, uh, because the courts are not simply going to let these people just play their little games. They know they, they knew they had to vote on this now. It's a good thing we know. This is how it was supposed to work. And now we are without excuse. Because if now we put them back in, uh, it's on us. A vote now for somebody like Joni Ernst. I mean, you mentioned before, Roy Blunt. The guy's a former pastor. Mm -hmm. if former you, Southern yeah, Baptist. Yeah. I, you know, I rarely, you rarely get the chance to do this because you're outnumbered. But I will give you the floor. As someone who had, has probably taken more than your share of flack from, evan from my fellow evangelicals for your Catholicism. Mm -hmm. You got to get in line with okay? me, so it's fine. All right. But you have the floor to ask them, how do you all feel about watching your sola scriptura Southern Baptist minister, Roy Blunt, vote to six Caesar on your ass? How do you all feel about that? You just did it for me. Okay. No. Props to you for taking the high road there. I'm not sure if I was in your shoes, I might have done the same. Landon Libert says by the year 2026, Christian churches will be required to perform minor attracted predator weddings or face tax exempt status, revocation and bankruptcy. This will force the church underground 
followers of Christ homeschooled, practicing Christians uh, or practicing Christians will have to be in secret in their homes. I do think there will be yeah. some places in America where this will be true. Yes. I mean, California looking at you, New York State looking at you. I, I There will be some places... You know, my buddy Jesse Kelly kvetching a few months ago that within a decade, you know, pedophilia being mainstream. I'm like, brother, it's going to be mainstream in like the next six the, months. California okay? right now is releasing the pedophiles yes. from prison. For less than a year. Yeah. Is it less than a year? Yeah. 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 So you bet I could absolutely see fringe. this happening in the next... So we're talking the yeah. next four years, basically? Yeah. I could see that happening in the next four years. You and bet. Just, they're flat out releasing rapists. Yeah. I mean, you're, they're releasing people who should have been executed. Yes. Child predators, child rapists should be executed. After a fair trial, of course. You guys were talking in the past session about, uh, uh, it wasn't on or off air, I'm not sure, but about Batman. Mm -hmm. They just, Batgate prison, just, the doors are open. Yep. Go play. Yep. Paul says, now that the left has seen the power of the promise of codifying Roe, they'll promise it every cycle, but never deliver it, regardless of the level of their control. Rhinos will play their part and pretend to block it, and so the game will go on until a better grift appears. I think there's a lot of truth to this. I'll buy. I will sell. It's. A, I think... It's a very Shannon Joy post, but I approve. <laughs> Just be, it's about what I said before, though. We are in the end game now. the The game was just a means to the end, and now now we're it, it's going to get way messier than the game. Okay, if you're if you're selling for those reasons, that we have progressed to a different ring of uh, hell here, beyond even the cynicism I mean, of the unibrow, then. Okay. Eventually, Palpatine says, "I am the Senate." I am the Senate. Okay. If you're saying that that's it, we're we're, yeah. we're not the Phantom Menace anymore. We're at the "I am the Senate" stage. Then I okay. You're speaking my love language right now. Carrie says John Locke is the best character on Lost, and all other opinions are wrong. Don't tell him what he can't do. Bye. Completely agree. I'll sell not because I don't love the John Locke character, but remember the John Locke character after a while and you don't know it. I mean, I don't know what point you guessed it. Like, isn't John Locke. Right. Spoiler alert, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's, but I love, I'm not like saying it's, there's anybody else who's the obvious person, but there's, there's, I could just, see dude, somebody every, saying Ben is the, is the best character. Every time I go through, every time I've watched lost, it's like, Oh, that's my favorite character. That's yeah, my favorite it, character. That's, that's my favorite my point. character. It's the genius of that show. And I'm watching it in part, for a third time, radically, because my 15-year-old daughter, daughter number three, is getting into it, and it's it's amazing how that thing does not... It, it just gets better and better and better. Yep. Next, we go to Kate51968. So we went from a question about Lost to a question from Kate, huh? Mm -hmm. Yes. Nice. Very nice. Uh, as fast as the spirit of the age is moving, pedophilia will be decriminalized in the next couple of years. Bye. Yeah, this is this isn't even like edgy. You'll be I'll be surprised if it's if it's even in a, it takes as long as a couple of years. Endorsed by Joni Ernst yes. from Iowa. Jerry Davis says the Disney board has actually tripled down on the woke and identity politics by ambushing Shopek and firing him in the middle of the night and bringing back uh, the man, Iger, who uh, brought in and helped wokeness and identity politics grow uh, grow and flourish at Disney. I think. This is possibly true. 
so I will buy. What I, I, if you were to ask me, what do I think Disney is doing? I think it is attempting to say we've got to we've got to do the agenda the way that we did it in Beauty and the Beast, and not you know in a red unitard and a pitchfork. We're going to do it that way instead. But because of what you just said, the where we're at now, mm-hmm. Jerry could turn out to be one hundred percent correct about this. So. I don't think it's a dumb take at all. I'll buy it, even if I don't necessarily have the same analysis. Yeah, I will buy. I just think looking at this, you guys are really bad at this. Let's let me show you how uh, the pros do this, which is my point yesterday when we talked about the stranger world or whatever this movie is like it. Don't think for a second that they're going to learn lessons about going back to traditional Americana by you go woke, you go broke. Mm-hmm. They're just, this was ham handed. It was done terribly. They're going to do this the way they believe is, is the right way. And uh, so that's why it gives me like the, the, bringing him in makes me think like they're the, the double down notion of things is exactly how to look at this. It is fascinating though, to Jerry's point. You know, we we pointed out yesterday, Disney has not had an animated flop since the Black Cauldron that was 40 years ago. They've had two now in the same year. And and so in response to this, to Jerry's point, the the they they went night of the long knives to bring back the guy who was ushering in steadily frog in the boiling water style, the very agenda that its audience was is rebelling against now in full throat right that that's his point right that was their yeah. answer their answer was to call out of the bullpen the the guy that started him down this road right yeah but they like can we at least if, if people are really looking to sell their souls they just want to sell their souls what they believe is some style and this was obviously just junk before we continue on, a reminder about Eden Pure. It's uh, one of the clients we've had the most reaction to this year. So many of you have sent notes trying the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier, filterless with Oxy technology in your homes, your cabins, uh, in your teenagers' bedrooms, uh, with your pets, and you've gotten amazing results. If you want to try it now for yourself and see if maybe you'll be tempted to send me a note. Steve at stevedace.com and say, hey, I can't believe how well this product worked for me like it has for all the other people that emailed you about it before. They are offering you right now packs of three. Get the filters in packs of three so you can put it in multiple rooms in your home or you can put it in your office and your home if you want to do that. Uh, You'll save $200 on the three-pack if you use the promo code STEVE3. That's for the three-pack. Promo code STEVE3 when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. They'll throw in free shipping as well. Free shipping and save 200 bucks on the pack of three when you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the promo code Steve3 at checkout. Up next, we... I've got to find my place again. Pause. Uh, can, you, can you tell a dad joke or something as I get my place back here? Did Off I, the top of your head. Did I, did, I, did I do that to you by not queuing you up that I was going to go to a live read and then making you switch screens? Here's the thing. Did I, I have pull to a go, dad joke on you? Yeah, here, I have to go through these builds again to get back to where we were. See what I mean? Gotcha, because so I, I made you 20, switch screens. Yeah. So see, this is on me. No. My bad. No, I was fighting with somebody on Twitter, so it's really my bad. <laughs> and I would have switched back earlier. And then he said, okay, and now on with buy, sell, or hold. Oh, crap. Snow Day Trader says... 
Todd celebrates the Christmas season as designated by the church. Steve celebrates the Christmas season as designated by Macy's. You mean in terms of the timing yeah. of when we launch? I, I okay, I'll buy. I, I could. Buy I could that, buy that. It's not a. Don't. I hope you're not intending that as a, a slam, on S- Steve because, it sh- it shouldn't be. But, yes, I mean that, I am, I am the, church traditionalist in all this. This you are the, pop culture Saturday evening post Americana in terms of, how you celebrated in the broadest possible sense none sure. of that is a commentary on both of us celebrating exactly the same reason for the season i, and the I think a day. lot of it is about our backgrounds yes. i mean i mean this is advent season to you as a catholic for me i mean before i even had any form of formal exactly. spirituality I, I, I mean, we, we couldn't wait to turn the page to Christmas time at my home because it would be the one time that everybody would be on their best behavior. Right. And it was, you know, the one time that it wasn't dysfunctional and love was fairly unconditional in the home. So I, I don't have, I make no apologies whatsoever no. because of that for wanting to get, to get to that point in time on the calendar as soon as I can every single year. Because this is, there's undeniable magic in it and everybody uh understands it they gets it on some level even when uh we were living in better times it was still like the and this is where the the church season catholic church we have regular time it's not that like every day isn't created for for you to live out your human potential um as uh, uh the imago day but it, it is meant, uh, and you're talking about something it's, uh, that you intuited uh, in your very created self when most of the time you were thinking pagan thoughts because mm-hmm. there is just undeniable magic in the season that yep. is not man-made. Something transcended to tap into. Yes. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Kwasney says the ultimate consequence for a Steve Hold should be that the fine senator from South Carolina gets spoon fed him or spoon feeds him green bean casserole. Oh, wow. That's, that's the ultimate hold. <laughs> yo. Wow. That's a yo. I think I may never hold ever. If, if we're doing that potent potable, putting that combination together. Oh my. Let's just say. In fairness, oh you brought that one upon yourself right I, there. You I, I mean, I, I, mean I think I'd rather reach for the soap and Oz, okay, without <laughs> a BC and Schillinger flanking me than to go through that, okay? Next up, Keckley Runs says, every time Steve says the word unprecedented, thousands of listeners around the U.S. simultaneously race Todd to say bing before he does. Bye. I hope that, that'd be cool if that's true. That'd be cool if that's true, so I'll buy. I like that. All right. Yeah. Nate Schloman says the GOP's betrayal with the Disrespect for Marriage Act will be looked back as a tipping point in our culture forcing Christians into the closet. I, I buy. And I, I think for those of you that aren't Christians or um, don't understand the, you know, you consider yourselves conservative or libertarian, um, you need to understand, if you don't agree with us on this, the political ramifications of this are going to be massive. Basically, what the Republican Party is doing is is it is sicking the federal government on the largest most loyal voting block it has 
And so maybe you don't care about marriage. Maybe marriage isn't your issue. Maybe you're more like our colleague, Dave Rubin. Maybe you have some of his beliefs on this, but you have some generic, uh, you know, liberty beliefs that we agree with on other issues. And so this doesn't trip your trigger one way or the other. That's fair. You need to understand, though, you'll you will be made to care because of this position. You're going to see a drop in evangelical vote turnout as a result of this. If for no other reason than the ability, than the, the willingness of pastors to allow their congregations to be mobilized politically was already, take it from someone who has been doing this professionally for a second decade, it was already difficult to do this. Now? Now, now, when the summons comes in the mail, now we're going to go to that pastor and say, you know, you really should be, you know, preaching the whole counsel of God on this. He's going, oh, I'd love to do that. So you mean to help the very people that are the reason that, uh, you know, I've got to go get an attorney now for, you know, uh, $1,500 an hour that we can't afford? You mean for that reason? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There will be political ramifications for this. There will be. I mean, this is, this is like on the Democratic side. I mean, this is this is essentially like them saying um, we're going to repeal all civil rights legislation. And then just start showing up in black churches and expect them to show up at a 90 percent, 90 percent clip to voting Democrat. Good luck with that. Right. That's essentially what's going to occur here. And it will have political ramifications moving forward. I promise you it will. You're going to take an entity that has been I mean, you guys want to you guys want to ballot harvest like they do. Where's the best ballot harvest place to ballot harvest on the right? Where is it, guys? Church. Church? You're going to ballot harvest in the churches now that are actually getting sued? No, you're not. All right? So, I mean, this is pointing the gun at yourself. So, guys, if you are noticing that receding hairline or bald spot... As the first thing you notice when you look in the mirror, Keeps can help you change that. Um, Two out of three guys actually start experiencing hair loss before they're 35. Don't gamble with your hair. Flip the odds in your favor right now with our friends over at Keeps. Uh, Whether it's to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or take better care of the hair you have, your Keeps medical provider will help you find the right products and develop a personalized hair-saving routine that works just for you. And it is super easy. No waiting rooms. Pharmacy visits keeps delivered straight to your door at about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. That's right. Half the cost. And they give you 50% off your first order as well. So get ready. Take action. Join the thousands of guys that have saved their hair with keeps. Go to keeps.com slash grow. K-E-E-P-S keeps.com slash grow. Once again, that is keeps.com slash grow. Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. And it's good to see you again, my friend. I hope your family had a good Thanksgiving. How you doing? We really did, Steve. Good. And you know, I was thinking throughout all that time, so many of our people aren't red-pilled because they're living normal lives. And, and therein lies the problem. I lived that for about four days and I was like, man, you know, if I wouldn't do this for a living, it wouldn't bother me. See, I, I, I guess it's there funny you should say that. I we had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I mean, and even even little things that we loved as a family because we're all from Michigan and our whole family's Michigan fans. We won a big game. In the grand scheme of things, isn't that important? But what the big important stuff gathering together. 
Um, remembering people we lost, like my father-in-law this year. Um, you know, the moment for me to sit in his chair at the table and, you know, pray the blessing over the meal that he usually did every year. And now it's my, you know, I, I fill that seat now and, um, and, and getting to honor him along those lines and the time with family and, and the little trivial things, going to the movies or enjoying the Michigan-Ohio State game. I got back here on Monday and I was like, for the last five days, I, I, even though I do this full time, I was permitted to forget much of this is going on. And when I got back here on Monday, dude, it punched me right in the face. Like, wow. I watched Aaron's montage. I'm like, this is like a different country than the one I have lived in here for the last five days. And, and I think this is the, the gap between left and right wing activism. Uh, polls have showed consistently the left is just not happy mm-hmm. with their lives personally. So they are much more prone to agitation with our people. It, it's a good thing they're living more meaningful lives despite everything going on around them. But that's part of the problem, getting people red pilled enough to take it to the next level. Well, I've got good news for you on that front, based on what happened uh, in the United States Senate last night. It's bad news for everybody else. Good news for you. I mean, if if you wanted to cattle prod the sheep into more awareness of the danger of the predators in our midst, the good news is that is about to occur. Because in the same year and in an election year, the Republican Party did gun control and declare, have the federal government declare war on the church in America at the exact same time. First, let's start with Mike Lee. And I'm very thankful for my, for what Mike did here. And I, I think he was earnestly attempting to save religious liberty in America, which I think is what, what, what makes what he truly accomplished even more worthwhile in my view. Because by earnestly attempting to save religious liberty, by turning to his colleagues and saying, okay, you guys really are, you're, you're talking a good game. You're saying you don't want to, you don't want to codify uh, religious persecution into the federal code. Prove it. But here's my amendment that, well, here's my amendment. You guys want to take Obergefell and Windsor and codify it into law. I'm going to take Hobby Lobby and Masterpiece Cake Shop and codify that into law too. That's essentially what his amendment was. I'm going to codify those precedents into law and, and, and we'll have this dual track citizenship where those that want the rainbow jihad can live over here and those who don't can live over there and never the two shall meet, right? Here's your chance. And they said no. And I think he was earnestly attempting to save religious liberty, but I think he might have accomplished something even more important in the grand scheme of things. He exposed, this party exists to not expose its true self to its base ever. Which is what has made guys like you and I's jobs tough in the past. We've tried to recruit primary candidates. People don't really want to believe the Republican they've been voting for all this time is really this awful, right? He, this is all out in the open now. He gave them a chance and they refused it. Everybody's out in the open now. No one can feign any excuse. So when you're in court next year for what you believe, you know, all of you that yelled at me because I didn't want to vote for Mitt Romney, make sure you send him, thank him. Maybe maybe that Mitt that you voted for president in 2012 because you thought he was going to save America, maybe he'll use some of his considerable wealth to pay for the trial attorney that you'll need to keep you out of jail. Maybe 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 in between car elevators over there at his compound, he'll pay for your rep- legal representation. Maybe you know while you're believing in America and stuff, he has put he has forced these people to clarify themselves, Daniel. Well, I'd say look on the one hand, it did force those 12 to clarify themselves. 
Because look, it was kind of like immigration for all these years. They'd say, well, they're for border security, but they also want amnesty. All right, so then why don't you have border security first and pass it? And they never would, because the answer is same thing with this, same thing on every issue. They're not a pale pastel version of the Democrats. They're not weak, um, you know, scared, timid. They're very strong in their beliefs. They are a full controlled opposition. They're the getaway car to the assassin. They're the lookout men for the arson. They are an indispensable portion of the WEF globalist transhumanist uh, agenda. They actually could not accomplish this if you only had one party um, incurring all of the liability, the political and electoral liability of the consequences of their policies. So that's why they always want this stuff to have bipartisan support, but it's worse than those 12. How many actually opposed it? Could you get five, seven, maybe? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's it. The rest were hope, yes, vote, no. Yeah, where, where, leadership. where were the mass press conferences urging Senate leader, Republican leader McConnell not to <laughs> let this come up, not to do this to our base? We can't possibly permit this. You didn't get you didn't see any of that. No, you didn't see it. They were they were actually for it. Not only didn't they whip against it, they were all for it, with the exception of a few. We already know there is a 90-10 Democrat majority in the Senate because only 10 opposed McConnell. And that's being generous because I, I tried on my podcast to list to 10, but I got stuck after six or seven. So, you know, you're going to have a hard time with that. And, and look, they're not done. So the trifecta, they had gun control, um, redefining civilization. And now they're actually working on a very bipartisan handout to big tech, more green cards for Indian workers, because evidently we 1.1 million green cards a year isn't enough. And Americans haven't been gerrymandered out of uh, of entire fields like accounting, nursing, and certainly computers, uh, because nobody else could in America could do those jobs, of course. And uh, Steve, I mean, look, you know, nothing is changing. Nothing is changing. They're going to keep doing this. They're going to do it on the omnibus bill. Um, even Politico used the term for McCarthy, hope yes, vote no. Uh, he's being awfully quiet about it as McConnell works with Biden, and he works with Biden too. Uh, but, you know, where's his press conference? We, we want the Republican majority to deter the FBI and the IRS and CDC, and we're not going to fund this. No. And I'll add one more thing, Steve. The, the, the final element of a, of a controlled opposition is they screw us in the worst possible way on every issue, but then they'll take one issue – that's probably the toughest political sell in the conservative portfolio to the public, and they'll message it to the nth degree in the wrong way. And I believe they did that on the abortion issue to a certain extent, uh, the imbalance in their promotion of it that hurt them in some states. And the fiscal equivalent is on Social Security. So John Thune, who's the Senate whip, he said that, no, 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 we can't have a— uh, CR into next year. We need to pass an omnibus bill. No, no, no. We're not going to fight the 80-20 Fourth Reich issues that are imminent, existential, and unpopular. We're going to use the debt ceiling next year to fight for, I guess, cuts to Social Security. Like, mm. what? I mean, that is what a controlled opposition does. And mind you, Thune voted for every debt ceiling increase when uh, Trump was president and they had the trifecta control. So, I mean... I don't know how to get beyond this, Steve. I, I, I've been in this, in this position for years. I know you have been. I am never rhino. But I will say the first step to this is anyone who voted for this and for similar things, 
to have a pledge circulating in Iowa for Joni Ernst and Wyoming for Cynthia Lummis. We, registered Republican voters, we will not vote for this individual in a primary or general election. Until you're willing to shoot that hostage, you have zero leverage. And it doesn't matter anyway, because you get the same result. Everyone laughs at me when I say I'm supporting Lisa Murkowski for president. But I'm dead serious about that. I mean, I'm, I'm working on the T-shirts and the coffee mugs already. I mean, look, we get that anyway. We get that anyway. So let's make it obvious. Let's make it obvious. I, I want to slay that beast of this focus on the presidential race. You're never going to fix the Republican Party. You're never going to fix the federal system. Focus on what matters locally. Um, and everything else is just noise. But do we have enough colleagues willing to do that? Or is there too much grift and money to be made under the current paradigm? There wouldn't be grift and money to be made, though, if masses of people didn't want that content. I mean, we, we are we if if we're not there yet, we are approaching a an idolater versus idolater system. One side is completely sold out to the spirit of the age and therefore thinks that it can redefine every elemental first thing of human society. And the other side, while it's getting sold out by the people that claim to represent them, and they're not even lying about it. Not even, they're not even using cute lines. They don't, they don't, just as we've talked about Democrats aren't using the terms du jour that you, people like us used to have to translate for audiences in the past. They're just completely the devil and red unitard and pitchfork right now, just out in the open. Here's what we're doing. Isn't that what the Republicans are? I mean, aren't the, aren't the Republicans just out in the open Benedict Arnold's? Aren't they just out in the open Quisling? So there's, there's, they're just advocating. Dude, we got, we got to, <laughs> I didn't even know what a groiper was until about six months ago. Okay. I have not read or taken anything seriously that this Nick Fuentes tool has ever said and done ever. We got Mitch McConnell, segregationist and Klan members are my friends. Is the guy out there yesterday lecturing us about who Trump has dinner with? I mean, <laughs> and it, <laughs> don't lecture the other guys who are literally raping civilization, but do this to your own. It's not about Trump. It's about the base. They hate yes. their base. They're done lying to us that they hate us now. All right. They're not even going to close the door when they bang that other chick. They're going to do it right in our faces in the front lawn. When you pull into the driveway, it's disdain. Now they don't, they don't want to lie. They want us to know just like the other side demonically wants us to know the Republicans traitorously want us to know they Brutus wants you to know who did the deed. It was me. And I can't wait to show you the bloody knife and the smoking gun every chance I get. And pick your top 100 names in the conservative movement. And they are dutifully every time they walk in the door and they find the husband proverbially in bed with, I would say another woman, but for the Republicans, we'll say another man. And they're like, hey, you want a nice ice, ice cold beer here? We really got to help you. Oh, we got to help you win. We got to help you. We'll be the told, Democrat. hey, the Republicans are at least sleeping with men. The other side just sleeps with people that don't, don't even know what gender they are. Right. That's the argument. Right. <laughs> that That's the argument. It's yeah. always going to be worse. And, and, and there is no race to that bottom. There is. No, and this is the problem. This would end overnight if we said never rhinos. We're done with them. That yeah, and, and the left is like this with their party. They don't, you know, they don't take any dissent, uh, even in red states, much less blue states. We don't have this, and that's because we don't have any leadership. 
we have no leaders. We were in the minority as patriots during the American Revolution, but there was effective leadership. We do not have that now, and that's a very big problem. Because, um, you know, we could blame the people, but like we talked about with Thanksgiving, if you lived a life outside of politics, how much would you know? Jesse Kelly made an interesting observation. He said, look, I live in a Republican area. I was at an event with friends. They're all Republicans and everything. Broadly share the values, broadly have a sense of disquiet as to what's going on in the, in the world. He's like, they never heard of the World Economic Forum. They never heard of some of these Fourth Reich issue, issues. They didn't know what ESG was. Um, because the leaders don't red pill them on it, don't red pill them on the nature of what's happening, the specificity of what's happening, the nature of the Republicans being a part of it. And, you know, so therefore, what do you even know? And I think our only job that we can even attempt to do successfully is to just try to red pill our own people. That's the first step to trying to accomplish any of the five to ten things we might want to do to change the game. Great stuff, my friend. Thank you for joining us as always. All right. Take care. God bless. Same to you. If you are a pet owner, you know taking care of that dog means more than just good old food and water. Its health is important to you because it's an important part of your family. That's why you need to know. Chances are the store-bought food you are buying has been stripped of a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients your pet needs. Just like they do that to a lot of the people food that we buy at the store. That's why we are buying so many supplements these days because of the way we process our food. And now it's the same thing for our pet. Thankfully, your pet has a supplement of their own. It is called Rough Greens. It's a powder you mix in with your pet's food. I'm told it tastes great. Not that my dog talks to me, but looking at the way he uh, chomps that stuff down, he's telling me it tastes great. But maybe you're wondering, hey, what if my dog doesn't have the same taste? And the last thing I need is another expenditure I can't afford, Steve, and you would be right. That's why we're going to give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. You pay for the shipping, so you have some investment here, right? A lot of times you get free stuff. It goes on a shelf or you throw it away. You don't value it. We want you to have skin in the game. We'll pick up the bigger expense with the bag. You pay for the shipping when you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com. Again, roughgreens.com, or call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Gentlemen, any final thoughts here in the final 90 seconds we have? Well, what you said about open disdain, uh, going into the new year and how we kind of button things up with our end-of-year shows and then have a theme for the coming year, have you ever had more unknowns for how you're going to address the coming year than what we have right now? No. No. Good, because I think that means you're sane. Honestly. If you thought, yeah, just business as usual, just re-rack it. I... I was thinking you know, over the long weekend, I was thinking about if I had to do my year and my year, my annual predictions for the new year right now, what could I come up with that would have any, that wouldn't sound crazy coming out of my mouth, but would actually have less of a chance or more of a chance of coming true than the crazy stuff that still probably will. I almost don't think that's a good, ex- I don't think you should do them. Like the, so, things have to be different. Like you, because otherwise, we're just pretending. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking out loud, but like, hmm. the world is different. Hmm. 
For Blaze TV subscribers, stick around. We've got overtime coming your way. Get to record it right now. You can watch it later today at blazetv.com slash dace, which is also where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber at a big discount. It'll be bonus buy, sell, or hold. For those of you that are signing off, we will see you again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.